0: Headspace. I'm your host, Patrick R. McDonough, with my co-host, Brennan LaFaro. Say hi, Brennan. Hello. And today we're joined by writer, reviewer, and all-around multi-talented artist, Cassie Daly. Say hi, Cassie.
1: Hi, I'm blushing now, so...
0: (laughs) Cassie, have you heard of Mary Sangiovanni's BuzzBook Expo 2020? No, what is it? Well, let me tell you, readers, book reviewers, podcasters, librarians, booksellers, and lovers of great, scary books... BuzzBook Expo 2020 is just around the corner. BuzzBook Expo is a live streaming event in which publishers will be announcing all the great new horror fiction releases they have to offer through the coming year. There will be interviews, Q&As, presentations, book cover reveals, and more from all your favorite horror publishers. All for free. Did you hear that price, guys? Free. Spend two days immersed in exciting book talk from publishers and authors alike. The event will take place on august twenty second and twenty third. All information, including links to the expo, can be found at Mary Sanji, that is M A R hyphen expo. We hope to see you there. Uh, Cassie, thanks for joining us. We've wanted to talk to you for a while now, so this is pretty awesome, especially with uh, some news that came out today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> you want to talk about that first? We usually have a baseline question, but I'm very excited to hear just whatever you have to say about William Morrow. You are a, uh, what is it? I know a reviewer, but what do they call it? At?
1: Um, So like one of their influencers, they put out an influencer call a while back, and I actually... I applied for it and I didn't think that I would get considered for it at all. Um, So I kind of forgot about it just a little bit. Um, And then I got an email saying, hey, congratulations, choose your books for August. And yeah, (laughs) I'm pretty excited about it. So they are going to send you books each month, I guess. And they're in a genre that you can pick. So mine is like, I guess, thriller, horror type. Um, Not that I'm not open to the rest, but I just I don't really read a lot of like romance or anything like that. It's not my super jam. So, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go for the thriller stuff. Um I saw one on there that was also like a true crime book, so it seems like it's going to be a little bit all over the place, but I'm excited because obviously I'll be getting some books a little bit early and then I get to talk about them and promote them a little bit, which is cool.
0: That's really exciting. William Morris is a big deal. Like they're they've been around since the, uh, you know, the late 20s and um they're huge, uh, namely Paul Tremblay, so he, I, didn't they just was it them that just signed a three book deal with him i can't remember if that's the publisher i feel like it was i look i don't i don't know i'm sorry Sorry, i'm not trying to that is the publisher i'm not trying quiz. i wasn't
1: to, prepared for
0: it. yeah no i'm not trying to test anyone i'm <laughs> i'm just uh kind of blanking myself i feel like it was them um, because he's worked with them for a few books anyways. Well, moving on. Um, I'm excited for you. I know Brennan is too. Congratulations. We were we were really pumped to see your name there. Um let's start with the baseline question. <laughs> Even though we already asked the question. <laughs> what got you into
1: horror? Um I so I talked about it before, but I guess Christopher Pike when I was really little. Um, because I kind of read through all of the books that were in our media center at the library in my elementary school. Um, And I became friends with our media center lady. Her name was Mrs. Mercer. And she was super nice to me. (laughs) Not a lot of people were very encouraging of me reading. So uh, to have somebody who was there like, here's this book, here's this book, we got some new stuff in, it was really cool. Um, We didn't have a lot of horror in the school library, however. So her daughter was actually, she was like 10 years older than me, I think at the time, and she was leaving for college. So she left all her books behind and her mom brought this giant trash bag filled with Christopher Pike books. Um, and there was some other stuff too, like uh, Richie Tankersley Cusick and uh, Caroline Cooney, I think. And so, you know, just like those teen thriller type things. Um, and some of them were about, you know, murderers and things like that. And I thought they were cool. So I just kept reading more stuff like that.
0: The good stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Brennan, you want to jump in before we go elsewhere, sir?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm- Wondering about Christopher
0: Pike because I know the name, I
2: can even picture the font on the uh, book (laughs) covers, but uh, he's an author that I never got into when I was younger. So, what kind of um, if you were recommending his books to somebody, how would you describe them?
1: OK, well, OK, so his books are a little bit all over the place. They usually feature um teenagers, probably like 17 or so in age, although he also wrote this whole series called Spooksville, which was for like 12, 13 year old, you know, kind of the Goosebumps age. Um, and he's also published some books for adults as well. But they usually involve teenagers, uh, early 20s, too, sometimes. And he kind of gets really like uh, metaphysical a little bit. Um, there's a lot of like spirituality, spirituality, spirituality. <laughs> spirituality in it. Um, and like some religious stuff too, that when I was like 10 years old and discovering these books, I had no idea about. Um, so there was a lot of stuff that I was learning and opening up myself up to that I didn't expect and didn't know existed, which is really cool. Um, some of his books too, are not just horror. So some of them are kind of like sci-fi. Um, one of my favorite ones is actually about a girl who goes on this ship. Um, and she's going on like this space mission and she knows that everybody on earth is going to be gone by the time she comes back because of the way time moves differently. Um, and so it's kind of like this, it's like emotional on one hand because she's leaving everything behind, but then there's also this story that's going alongside this, like alongside it that features aliens and stuff. So it's, it's a little chaotic, but it's really good. I think uh, if you're going into them though, and you've never read them before, you would definitely have to have an open mind. Cause if you're just expecting, you know, slasher type things or anything like that, it wouldn't really be <laughs> what you're going to get.
2: I think it's good, though. Um, uh, sorry, Pat. Um, sorry. I think it's good because it's, you know, you, you mentioned that it touches on themes like religion and stuff. And um, I, I, I'm i a big fan of, uh, you know, YA middle grade stuff in general, things geared towards younger people that aren't going to pull any punches like that, that don't basically that don't talk down to you, that don't say, oh, this is a taboo subject. So, you know, you have to wait until you're 18 to read about it do you do you kind of feel like you know that's how those those books approached it yeah
1: yeah i definitely think so because they made it he makes it like a part of the teenager's life who he's writing about so um there's stuff like reincarnation that gets touched on um there's stuff like uh even just non-religious stuff but like doing like what what is it called where you can like travel in your mind but like you can uh, astral projection like stuff like that um and there's a lot of uh, influences from like hinduism and stuff in the books too um and then there's one book called the The immortal and it's actually like all about like greek mythology and um like the islands of greece and stuff which is really cool because i have been like obsessed with greece for some weird reasons since i was like 12 um and now that i'm talking about it, it's probably because of that book so (laughs) yeah it's pretty cool
0: that's pretty neat so i was just looking up some facts about christopher pike because he's new to me and I just saw that his it's his pseudonym. His real yes. name's Ke- Kevin Christopher Mcf- McFadden? McFadden.
1: Yeah, McFadden. and it's, it's from Star Trek. His pseudonym.
0: Interesting. Yeah. And then the the other thing that I thought was really neat was it says the f- uh, first person to publish Pike's books was also behind the Babysitters Club.
1: Oh, hey, that see, I did read those, and those were in the library
0: at my school. <laughs> Interesting. All right. So I don't remember where it was. So Brennan, do you want to take over?
2: (laughs) (laughs) What I want to ask in a comp, you know, a comprehensible manner is, you know, how your your blog and your writing gets started. And I want to kind of link that to, uh, you know, your er early horror experiences.
1: Okay, deal. Okay. Yes, I've got this. So I have been blogging actually for over 10 years. (laughs) And when I started doing it, it was just food actually. So I was baking um, and it was called coffee and chopsticks because I really like um, sushi and <laughs> I really like coffee. Um, I didn't cook sushi or coffee or anything like that on the blog. It was pretty much just baking, but I really liked the idea of it. So um, I was doing that for a while and I didn't really, I, I liked baking and I liked sharing it, but there wasn't really a community aspect of it. Um, at least not one that I could get into because the people that I met through blogging, um, they were a little bit, not very welcoming (laughs) through the um, baking stuff. So it kind of deterred me a little bit from that. Um, But I liked blogging in general, and I liked being able to write stuff and share it. Um, Like you mentioned, when I was younger, I I liked reading, obviously, a lot. Um, And I I had the idea to write, but it wasn't super encouraged. I I wasn't really encouraged a lot with a lot of things as a child. Um, So it kind of pushed me off of doing a lot of things or feeling like I didn't, I didn't think that I could or that if I tried, it would be really terrible. And it would just like everybody would laugh at me and it would be awful. So um, when I started my blog, I had those fears. And when that, you know, like I said, the baking thing didn't really super go very well, um, I actually almost stopped. And then a few of my friends um, started posting about books on Facebook. And I noticed that they were blogging about books and they were like sharing book reviews and things like that. Um, and they were doing it for a lot of books that uh, were like romance, fantasy, things like that. Um, and books that were coming out recently and i thought it was really cool but those weren't the type of books that i read so i wanted to kind of start talking about books that were spookier or i don't know i really like books that have sad endings or like endings where you read it and you're like why did you why did you do this <laughs> this this hurts me <laughs> like so um i wanted to talk about those kinds of things and i it actually took me i think i was vlogging for like 5 years about books and stuff before i actually joined the bookish community because it just it I couldn't find it. Like, I didn't know. I, I didn't use Twitter a lot then. Um, I saw pretty pictures of things on Instagram. And I was like, whoa, there's a whole, like, place where people are talking about only books. And then I found, like, the little tiny part of Bookstagram that's completely dedicated to horror. And it was, like, I don't know, like, pearly gates. And I was just like, oh, this is wonderful. Like, this is amazing. Um, And so I joined it. And that was, like, three years ago. Actually, I just had my three-year book, bookstagram anniversary. Um, like, last week. And it just it's bled into everything else now because I actually feel comfortable being able to, I don't know, express my love of horror because it it's, I don't have a ton of friends that are super into it. Like they don't watch a lot of scary movies. They don't read scary books. They don't, you know, do things like that. So I kind of felt like the odd one out <laughs> being really obsessed with these, like really morbid things. Um, so finding the community has been great. And that's really encouraged me to just do more of it. Like I would never have even considered writing again if people hadn't encouraged me to do it Um with my my nonfiction articles, like some of the ones that have appeared in other places. Um, like even on like the Deadhead site, like I people asked me to do them and like we're like, hey, what about this topic or what about this? Do you want to submit something for this? And I don't know. That's like all the push that I've needed. Just having a little bit of support has like changed everything. So it's been really cool. I don't know if that answers the question or if it got really rambly.
2: <laughs> nope. That's absolutely perfect. You know, you um for you you kind of has made that pit stop in the baking community, but um, you know, as far as translating a love to read uh, of reading into um, a, a way to kind of express yourself through writing, you know, that's the exact path you went down. And you know, it's so disappointing to hear that you know you weren't encouraged uh, as far as this or that or the other thing. But at the same time, like anybody who follows you, like you're you're a jack of all trades now. It's 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 almost seems like you kind of have your hand in. a a little bit of everything. And uh, it's, you know, it's all, you know, wonderful. I love I love seeing it go by on my feed. So there's not really a question there. But um, I, I think it's kind of cool that you built yourself up in that way. And, you know, gained that self confidence to go in that direction.
1: I don't know if I would say I have self-confidence yet, but
2: definitely. Gained that semblance yeah. <laughs> of self-confidence. I'm on my way.
0: <laughs> just to add to that, uh, when I first – I don't remember when I first saw your Twitter, but I was like, ooh, I'm attracted to all these colors. And <laughs> I mean, like, whether you're happy all the time or not, you come off like a super confident, happy person, and that just – that makes me happy and I like seeing happy people. And it's not to say that I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk to you if you're not happy or whatever, but it's just, uh, it's nice to see that because there can be so much bad on the internets now. And <laughs> anyways, I like what you're doing too to piggyback off of Brennan. And like I was saying before we started recording your website, it's great. Uh, let's get galactic. It's so there's just, everything you need basically for art and um let's talk about that for a little bit why'd you come up with or where'd you come up with that name let's get galactic
1: um so i i'm i grew up watching star trek with my dad um so i really like sci-fi and just anything spacey um and i like the word galactic so that's probably not the most you know, exciting answer for you. But <laughs> I kind of combined those things and named my blog after it. Well, I, hey. I want to kind of try to switch it and say, it's like, Oh, books that are out of this world or something. Like <laughs> that. We're working on it.
0: <laughs> Dude. Um, I don't really know how to describe this one book. It's sci-fi. I just don't know what kind of sci-fi. Well, genre it's under like biopunk and science fiction. Uh, have you heard of Bacigalupe? Bachigalupe?
1: No, I don't – actually, I think – what did they write something uh, like The Water Knife or
0: – Yeah, he wrote a book called The Water Knife in 2015. The book – I've read one book by him and it caught – like I love doing this. I love walking – well, I haven't in a while, but um, I have this one bookstore. I think it's only a chain in New Jersey, but they sell brand new books, hardbacks, paperbacks, comics, graphic novels for – like two to three bucks and it's not like the pages are torn out and shit's written in it. It's like, you know, for up to Stephen King to, I think I've seen one or two people through Twitter that I know I can't, I'm, man, I can't remember who, but this one time, uh, like four years ago, I saw this one book It caught my eye is by pa- uh, Apollo. It's this, crazy looking cover of like a bazaar like a market with this elephant being kind of guided by these four people in these red uniforms and there's tall buildings in the background and there's zeppelins in the air and I'm just like what what is this it's called the wind-up girl and there's this like sticker on the cover too that says Hugo Nebula award winner and I'm like okay well I know what those are I, this cover looks amazing. I've never heard of this guy. It's a 300-page book, I believe, but I'm like, fuck it, and I read it, and I'm like, this this thing should be a, a movie. I mean, I know people say about all good books, but I don't really know why I'm going on a tangent about this book. But it, it's just, oh, I just checked the word count. It's 361 pages. I know that's a hefty load for some, especially an author you don't know, but. Let's uh, segue into this. Have you in bookstores, uh, are you one to be attracted to a cover so much so where you find yourself buying it? Has that ever happened to you or do you tend to kind of stick to authors that you're familiar with?
1: So I just Googled that book that you're talking about and I've seen that book and I wanted that book, but I have never heard anybody talk about it. So you saying that actually really helps me because I'm probably going to get it eventually. now.
0: I could dive into it a little bit without spoiling it if you want.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Tell me.
0: All right. So, uh, I don't remember the exact year, but basically what it comes down, it's set in Asia. Uh, he spent some time there. He's an Amer. Paulo's an American, but it takes uh, the point of view of a few different people. One of them's what they call wind up girls and basically sections of the world. It's gotten so bad where, uh, they, I I forget the countries, but let's say you're Chinese, you're not allowed in Thailand, or if you're allowed in Thailand, you're, you know, just a worker. And basically it's like a class system involved. Um, they trade something with like calories. It's just like, it, it's one of those futuristic movies I could have seen being filmed in the 90s along with a movie like Waterworld where it's just like, this is so weird. For me, I love Waterworld. I know people shit on it. I love it, but.
1: No, I love it too. It, I'm right there with you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a big fan of weird sci-fi and I consider that weird and really neat. And it's just one of those sci-fis where you're like, it's very strange, but I'm keep, I'm going to keep reading and. The point of view characters all end up kind of intertwining at one point. And there's this one, what they call a wind-up girl. It, she's not a human. She's not a robot. There's like wind-up animals too. Like they mentioned wind-up butterflies. Um, they don't go into great detail about like spirits, but that is mentioned at one point. And something else is that there's uh, talks of um, the shipment for, I believe it's uh, Pumps. Because the city's surrounded by these huge—it's uh, not a—it's not a dam. I forget what it's called, a levee. And um, basically, if they don't get those pumps, the levee's gonna break. Led Zeppelin reference. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if it breaks, bad stuff happens. But the wind-up girl is basically treated not even like a second-class citizen. She's just an object. Of sex, uh, gets into slightly graphic details for a scene or two, but it's part, it's not like, it's not like, you know, you don't feel icky after it, but it, it it's just, it's a lot. I, I know I'm not really articulating it all that well, but <laughs> it, I read it once. It was five years ago. There's a lot to take in. It's very good. I would, brendan I've always said like, uh, co- um, a cosmology of monsters is like one of the highest books I'd recommend. This is for sci-fi. That's my high, one of the highest books I'd recommend that I don't hear anyone talking about.
2: That's a that's a pretty big marker. Now I, I I'm not gonna say I tuned out. I did not tune out, but you lost me a little bit like five minutes ago with biopunk. I have no idea what that is.
0: Yeah, so I googled that because I didn't know how to describe uh what genre was. So are they
1: just like genetically modified people?
0: Yeah, wine the wind-up girl is you know. A, what, the, what biopunk is i'm not even gonna pretend i know what it is i mean i i'm i i think cassie just hit the nail on the head uh i figure it'd be
1: like steampunk but like instead of like using the steam mechanics and stuff maybe they use like biological biotechnology mm-hmm. okay
0: yeah that makes sense. That? okay biotechnology <laughs> yeah yeah and cassie you're a big fan of uh bioshock too
1: I love Bioshock.
0: <laughs> I didn't mean the second one. I meant as well I know, as. You know. Yeah. <laughs> for me, that's like one of the greatest. I consider a horror sci-fi. Is it? Would you yeah. call it? It's just such a good game. Brennan, I don't know. There's in it. Yeah, for sure. You got your. De- so, Brennan, have you played that?
2: You know what? I'm really quickly going to give you my rundown on video games. Um, I'm, I'm not, you know, the last system I bought myself was a PlayStation 2 in like 2003. Um, I, you, you know that I teach piano lessons and I've got this one student that comes to mind and the best way to get him to, you know, do his best is I tell him he's going to play a line of music. And then we can talk about a video game he likes for like two minutes. And it's, you know, I, I, I smile, I nod, I, but I, I tell him straight out. I say, I have no idea what you're saying here. I don't know what a <laughs> Minecraft Dungeons is. Um, <laughs> I, I know what Minecraft is, uh, is there. I, I, yeah. don't, I know what Minecraft is, but even my kids don't know what the dungeons are. So I'm, I don't know. I'm hopeless.
1: If Whoa. you, um, if you look up Bioshock Rapture, there's a book set in like the same type of world ish thing so you don't have to really i mean it doesn't follow the exact story of the game completely but you could read it and then you would know what people are talking about when they say that bioshock is super cool
0: <laughs> i won't break it down. i'll break it down to bullet points basically it's it takes place uh, in the what the 50s or 60s
1: yeah it's like an old-timey setup
0: yeah, and there's this guy that makes a world under in the ocean because he's basically like, fuck the government. I want to make my own government. Things go wrong. People go crazy. Uh, they modify, basically, have superpowers at one point. Um, and there's these things called Big Daddies where they're just these massive – I don't know if they're even human at this point, but they're people in like a – a scuba diver outfit only they got like drills on their arm and basically if you get hit by it you're gonna die painfully and there's these uh little girls called little sisters they're creepy if it was a book uh well she just said there's a book but for the video <laughs> if the video game was a book translated scene for scene it would be like one of the coolest books ever and it uh it, if it was a movie i'd watch it so let
1: should on. make a movie of
0: it I would love it. No, don't apologize. If you want to talk more about this, we can. If not, no, I'm curious. When, I, do could, you guys I honestly know when, just uh, spend a whole hour talking
1: about Bioshock.
2: <laughs> <laughs> when did the first Bioshock game come out?
0: Uh, let's see. In the aughts. Uh, Bioshock came out in 27, uh, 2007. I almost said 2007. See, now that's
2: what I thought. Because I, I worked at a, a video rental store uh, in right around that time. And, you know, I, I remember seeing it and I think, you know, one of the biggest things that I, I won't say turned me off video games, but just confused the hell out of me is right around that time. I feel like you'd see, uh, trailers for games. And I remember watching them and just thinking, I don't know how to play that. It looks like I just have to watch it. (laughs) <laughs> um like if you if you see gameplay footage for a game like Bioshock it 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 seriously just looks like an animated movie to me and it, I, I guess that scared and confused me and I never recovered 13 years later
1: well it, to be fair in your defense they when they show the trailers the stuff that's usually in the trailers isn't like the actual gameplay it's usually like a movie or something to kind of show you what the story in the game is going to be like with like little bits of the gameplay in it so it's it doesn't really look cohesive as, like, here's how you're going to get in with your controller and get to have some action, you know, like kill some things. It's not really, it doesn't really make it look like that when you're watching the trailers.
2: Well, that's just flagrant false advertising. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, um, so, I, I grew up, like, playing a lot of video games too, because I, um, two younger brothers. And my dad, my dad was really, like, nerdy, I guess is what it's called, because he's, like, he's the reason that I watched a lot of Star Trek. Um, that I like basically all the sci-fi stuff that I like, um, in comic books and things like that. Um, we would like watch Spider-Man and things like that when I was little. Um, so playing video games, especially scary ones. Like that's like, I could just talk about that for a really, really long time.
0: What's the, uh, sorry, I muted myself. What is the scariest game that comes to mind that you've played?
1: The scariest. Oh, uh, okay. So when I silent Hill two, um, When I played that game for the first time, I legitimately turned it off like 10 minutes in. And I was in a room with the lights on with my mom and both of my younger brothers with me. And there's this part where obviously the game came out like ages ago, so I'm not going to run about spoiling it for you guys, but there's a the part really early on where you walk into this dark little like tunnel. Um, and there's just like a creature in there and you can hear it. Um, and you don't know what it is and you're, you get this radio and the radio starts making this awful scratchy staticky noise. Um, so all of your senses are kind of being assaulted at once. And so you're walking into this hallway and there's this like really scary thing that moves in a really jerky way. And, Things in horror that move in that particular jerky way freak me out so bad. Like in movies, like they usually have little girls that are dripping wet and they do this weird like <laughs> jerky like thing. And that gets me every time. So when I saw that, I put the controller down. I paused it. I turned the system off and I was like, I'm going to play this again later. I can't do this right
0: now. <laughs> have you seen A House on Haunted Hill? It's a not the old Vincent Price one. It's a 1999 remake with Jeffrey uh, Rush, the guy that plays Barbosa.
1: I don't know. I mean – we look it
0: up well i bring it up because there's it's a ghost movie and at one point uh someone's watching uh the house has cameras all over but only like one character knows that and that character's looking at the cameras and he sees one of the the main guys the main antagonist and he's a ghost and he's moving in that jerky way and i'm like that's (laughs) that's killer it's so creepy. <laughs> you're you're um, going to hate me
2: for this, man, because I know that's one of your favorite movies. Um, but I always get that one confused with, I think it's The Haunting, which yeah. is, I'm pretty sure that came out like the same year. Um, and there's even a scene from The Haunting that I'm thinking of uh, where they're looking at a camera and they see like all these. They're, they're, the camera's pointed at an empty room, but uh, it's displaying like uh like a surgery or something, but all the doctors and, and, uh, stuff are moving. Yeah, and that's all how that sometimes that. Oh, that's the same movie. Yeah. Does Is that, that the movie four?
1: where the, the girl walking up the staircase, uh, I mean,
0: it was like
1: Nell or something or L or something. Mm. Am I thinking of a different movie?
0: I don't know if that's and
1: there was like, there's like a greenhouse with like roses or something in it.
0: No, that's not, well, what Brennan's talking about, the doctors turn around and then the girl screams and, uh, they find her in, bits and pieces that's it brennan
2: did that one have uh did did your movie have omar epps in it yep oh okay so maybe i have no idea what the haunting is about then
1: maybe the haunting is the one i'm thinking of
2: (laughs) (laughs) either way they both came out in like 99 and they were you know similar enough that nobody can tell them apart 21 years later so
0: well that's debatable
2: uh, okay, nobody but Patrick can tell them apart oh. 21 years later. <laughs> the Haunting is the one I was
1: thinking of, because it has Catherine Zeta-Jones in it.
0: I don't even know what The Haunting is, to be honest. Now, does that one also have Owen Wilson in it?
1: Mm, yes, it does, and Liam Neeson.
0: Okay. Yeah. okay,
2: so I didn't completely imagine a movie. That's good news. <laughs> Always good to find out.
0: <laughs> so, Absolutely. along the jerky ghost lines, uh, I used to record YouTube videos for fun, and uh, I... One of my uh, oldest, closest friends, he had his three little nieces. And when they were little girls, uh, four to like eight or whatever, around there, they were all under 10. We record. They knew we did videos. They're like, we want to do one. And he had this creepy basement. Um, So we recorded a a horror comedy. And I'll show you when we're done recording if you want. But they were creepy as hell. (laughs) And I edited it, so I edited it, so it looked like that, where it was just jerking motion, uh, where it kind of lagged, and, and I was there, I was the one that edited it, and I'm like, that still creeps me out. I (laughs) I love it. i lost
1: my shit, that it just, it gets me every time. (laughs) uh,
0: It's such an effective
2: horror tool, it really is. Um, before we completely leave the realm of video games, um, I, I want to throw a book out there. And I'm afraid that if I try and save it for the end, when we usually talk about you know, what we're reading, I'm going to forget. But um, uh-huh. I'm, I'm in the middle of this book right now called Negative Space. It's uh, put out by Dark Peninsula Press, which uh, I think this is their first anthology. And it's survival horror. It's basically the guy who edited it. Is a huge Silent Hill Resident Evil fan, and he wanted to compile a big list of stories that were in that same vein. And, you know, despite the fact that I'm not, you know, a huge video game person, I- I'm familiar enough with those to recognize it. And it's, it's really cool. There's one I finished up just the other day. Um, and I had to look it up, but it's called The Collectors by Michelle Tang. And it really nails down that kind of, um, what I think of anyway, when I think of a horror game where you can only see from the character's perspective, and that's what makes it so scary. Like it's not like a movie where you know something is waiting around the corner. you you have to go down the hall and around the corner and you have no idea whether there's gonna be, you know this this giant centipede monster or whether there's going to be absolutely nothing except more darkness. Um, and I, I really felt like that story just, Nailed that whole aesthetic, but it's a really uh, cool anthology overall. Uh, I'm only four or five stories in, but so far I'd recommend it if that style of video game is up your alley.
1: Yeah, I actually the they reached out to me like oh two weeks ago, and I got that one just a couple days ago, so I haven't actually started reading it because I just recently got it. Um, I don't even know if I've done a book mail post for it, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited because when I saw Survival Horror, I was like, yes, give me that book, please let me read it.
2: Oh, brilliant. I hope you enjoy it. Then I didn't just spout all that for nothing.
1: <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no. I'm probably going to start and look for the story because with short story collections, if somebody's recommended a specific story, um, especially if I haven't started it yet, like I'll usually start with that one and then just kind of skip around a little bit. Um, yep. So I'm going to start with that one that you said.
2: Nice. Yeah. And even, I think that's the second story in there. And even the first one is is really cool and uh, I don't know if it to me anyways, it didn't fit the the video game aesthetic as much, but it was a really interesting and very different story. I don't think I've ever, you know, mild spoilers, but you you find this out on page one. But I don't think I've ever read a story where the main antagonist was a cuttlefish before.
1: (laughs) I don't think I have either. So really looking forward to that.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm afraid I have nothing else to add to the video game discussion, guys. I'm useless on that. You want to you wanna yell segue and go to something completely unrelated?
0: <laughs> oh, I just realized my fucking mic was muted again. God damn it, Pat. I, I thought you were just on, like stuck on Google all night. Like, I know. First, I was like, his mouth stop is moving, but I don't know. looking things up and talk to our
2: guest. Damn
0: it. <laughs> no, I was trying to say I want to tag one more thing along the video game realm before we move on, and that is uh, Cassie mentioned and if you don't want to talk about this I get it but you mentioned that you are going to be I assume use twitch or something like that uh, for video game streaming
1: yeah so I wanna so I don't I don't have like a specific date or anything but I want to try doing it next year um, this year I kind of wanted to but everything is just this year has been a lot. So (laughs) I think I'm going to, I'm going to go for that next year. (laughs) Um, but I didn't know. So when I play video games, I yell a lot, like not in a bad way, I guess, but I also say bad words a lot. And I didn't Uh know that you could do that. Um, on Twitch, I thought you were not allowed. And I was like, there's no way that I could, I could stream myself playing video games without accidentally getting kicked off. (laughs) And then I found a bunch of channels that actually let you do it. Like they don't, they don't care. They just do it and nobody seems to mind. So they can do it. I can do it. and I'm going to try. I had one of my friends, um, she streams like Sims and stuff. So she gave me a bunch of links and a bunch of information about different things that I could probably use and look into. Um, I don't know anything about it. So if anybody ends up listening to this and this part is not cut out, please tell me all the things about (laughs) streaming because I have no idea how to do it. But I would like to start it. I think it would be cool to do scary games, especially because I have a lot of trouble playing them by myself. (laughs) So if I feel like there's like other people with me, maybe that'll make it a little bit easier and less scary of an experience. Or people will just have to deal with me screaming like a B movie scream queen. And that'll just, that'll be my thing. We'll see.
0: I'd watch that. That'd be, (laughs) (laughs) that'd be fun. Have you guys seen that movie stay alive with Frankie Muniz? It came out in 06. (laughs) Yeah. I fucking. Really bad, but I love, I it. love <laughs> that movie. It's shit. It's it's like <laughs> it's not a good movie in the sense where you're like it, it, it does not stand up to it's it's aged poorly. Yeah. Yeah. It's the opposite of good wine. I don't know what that would be like. It's spoiled milk, but you're like, it tastes so good. But my tummy hurts. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I think there's that's a good not a good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Brennan, you got a good analogy or Cassie, you got one that I makes time. sense. I, I, I don't. I just got advice. Uh, advice: Don't drink spoiled
2: milk.
1: <laughs> I think um, I think it's good too. Like sometimes having movies that are bad but still good. Like I love a lot of really bad movies that most people are like, really? That's <laughs> that's a movie you like to watch willingly, and yeah, it is because it's terrible and it's great. <laughs> so
0: it's it's just so much fun. It's just like it captured. It's the time of you know the early aughts when it was like video games and they're scary and i don't know it's just like from the 90s how parents made a whole big deal about they're gonna rot your brain oh you know, and that's why they created the Raiden system in the early 90s because the game's like i'm pretty sure it was mortal kombat was the reason why but uh i think that still carries over to today and it just kind of captured the moment of like hey, this is what could go wrong. And it made me, th- when you were talking about I don't like playing scary games by myself, it made me think of that because I'm like, well, they played together and what happened, Cassie? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's totally fair. Yeah, they, they didn't have a good time. So <laughs> I guess I my safety net's gone.
0: <laughs> and now Frankie Muniz doesn't have a good career. I, I don't know what he's been in recently. Has he, has
1: he, I mean, to be fair, though, Malcolm in the Middle was such a good like, such a good thing.
2: I loved it. Yeah, that he was, but... uh. Brian Cranston kind of set the bar high for
0: second acts after that's that.
1: Fair. Yes. Oh. That's, that's totally a good point.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, and did I don't know if you guys were into Breaking Bad, but there's this, I forget what, I don't know which show it might've been Saturday Night Live or Jimmy Fallon or one of those shows when Breaking Bad was towards the end of its uh, run. He, <laughs> uh, Brian Cranston does a skit where he wakes up next to Lois and He's just like I had this terrible dream that I sold drugs, and he's being a whiny little bitch, <laughs> like Hal is, and and the hat that uh, Heisenberg has is right next to his uh, it's on his nightstand. I'm like, that's brilliant.
1: <laughs> I haven't um, I watched almost all that show, and then I think I got to like the very last season, and there are like some parts where that there's so much tension and so much buildup that my heart was beating so fast that I had to stop watching it. So I've never seen the end of that show.
0: <laughs> We're talking about breaking bad or Yeah, the No,
1: Bad. <laughs> I can understand why you need clarification there though, Pat. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, in all seriousness, the end of breaking bad. Yeah. It got intense, but it ended, in my opinion, it's one of those shows where you're satisfied. Um, I love The Sopranos, but I didn't like the ending. I mean, I know people that really like it. I thought about it for a few years. I don't like it.
2: <laughs> no, that's really fair. I mean, I I thought uh, Breaking Bad had there, – there just aren't a lot of shows that, you know, most everybody is satisfied with the finale, and that's – Breaking Bad's definitely one of them. And, in fact, the only other one I can think of off the top of my head is uh, Six Feet Under. I don't know if you guys ever
0: watched that. No. I thought you were going to say Lost.
2: I thought you were going to say of not,
0: no, the, no, I was not going to either it. one of those. <laughs> <laughs> like, as a writer, can we all, we're all writers here. Can we all agree that, like, they probably just said, fuck it. Let's just get paid and end this now. Because what the fuck? <laughs> I'm still, like, so disappointed. Me and my wife got into it during the end of season six. We, or no, the end of season seven six. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. We watched it all before season eight came on and to watch that live and uh, oh, um, I don't know. I don't know if I sound like a whiny bitch. These are things to complain about but <laughs> um, the last thing I want to say about Brian Cranston is the first time I remember seeing him was I was a huge fan of Seinfeld when it came out. Um, I remember my family and I used to watch it when it came out every week and he played a dentist that it was pretty goddamn funny. I don't know if you, either of you watched that show, but it was a different role than he was in Malcolm in the Middle, and then he's just everywhere now.
1: <laughs> I've seen a couple episodes of Seinfeld, but I don't specifically remember that.
0: That's a show about nothing. It's, you're not it. <laughs> so let's talk about Fright Girl Summer, how that how that whole thing start? because we talked with Sonora and we talked with V a few months ago. They had nothing but great things to say about you, but I don't really remember if we talked about how you were brought in from. Well, definitely not from your side. I don't know.
1: Um. So I heard that they were doing it, and I just kind of I asked them, <laughs> I was "like Can I can I submit something?" They they told me that I could submit some sort of art stuff too. Um. And so I think that's originally what I was going to do, but. I had been like kind of quietly working on that short story for like the like a week or two before that. um, And I didn't know what to do with it. I wasn't sure if I wanted to like submit it anywhere or do anything with it publicly. um, And I was really scared (laughs) in general about it because I didn't I was really worried that people wouldn't like it because it it, obviously you guys read it. But it I'm not going to say like a huge spoiler or anything, but it doesn't have like a super happy ending. And a lot of the stories that I have thought of and think of do not have happy endings. And so I was really worried that people would hate that about it. Um, so I shared it on my Patreon and the people there were really, really nice. And they were very, very supportive. Um, and then I put it through a couple, like I revised it a little bit more. And then um, David, see, this is one of the names that I might get wrong. Um, sodergren you know, he wrote, uh, he does paperbacks and pugs, the He has a little cute little pug, Boris. He's going to be one of the authors in my coloring book. And I asked him, I was talking to him about like writing stuff and um, he was like, oh, well, send it to me and, you know, I'll read the beginning and just tell you what I think. And he actually ended up reading the whole thing and then he did a full edit of it for me and he was like, oh, this is like really good. And I didn't have like too much to do, but the stuff that I, I could edit for you, I wanted to give you feedback on this because I think that it'll make you stronger, which I was very, very appreciative because... He he just like laid out things. He was like, oh, this is here's a tip for this and here's a tip for this and it allowed me to go back and kind of revise the whole thing. Um, so I did that and I cut it down a little bit more and then Sonora and B they were really really encouraging and they were like, send over what you have and we'll read it and if it's you know if if it seems like it's gonna fit if it's good you know we'll put it on and they were like, oh, we love it. So I was like happy crying about it a little bit because that was the first time I had you know sent it to anybody like who. You know, people who were like published legitimate writers that I respected, who I've, whose books I've read and like reviewed and things like that. So, yeah, it was a pretty wild time, but they put it on the website and it's I share it a lot because I'm excited about
2: it. It's, you should.
1: It's, <laughs> um, so, it's like what? Sorry.
2: Oh, no, I was going to say so for listeners, I, I, I could be wrong here, but I feel like we didn't say the title of it yet. But so the title is Ready or Not.
1: Yes. Thank you. Sorry, I don't know how to do this whole thing. I'm not a writer. I'm sorry.
2: Oh, you are. Uh, it's okay. No, no, it's okay. It should have been. Uh, it should have been mentioned in the question. So.
0: <clears throat> I know, <laughs> fucking guy, Brennan. I got a lot to say about writing or not, but you jump in first. I,
2: I I have one simple thing to say. I I loved it. Um, I felt like there was a a, a part. Um. It's so hard because I, I read it on my phone versus like a Kindle or a book, but I think it was about halfway through where the implications of everything that was going on just kind of slammed down on me all at once. And it mm-hmm. felt like a very conscious decision on your part. Um, And I it, it, personally, it really worked for me. I thought it was absolutely spectacular.
1: Thank you. I don't, I'm not very good at accepting compliments. <laughs> Thank
2: you. Oh, it's okay. You can, you can just totally ignore me and we'll move on to a question. So you don't to do it. <laughs> but, I but no, it. I, I, I say that very genuinely. I, um I read through it and I immediately, you know, picked up my phone and, and sent Pat a message. I said, this is, this is really <laughs> fucking good. <laughs>
0: yeah, this is, he's um, like, this isn't just like she did good for her first, publication he's like this is fucking good
1: that's so somebody else said that too they were like is is this really your first one and i was like i mean i'm i'm sure i have like other ones like when i was eight i wrote a book called the best friend feud fight literally feud fight in the same title like there's been some trash (laughs) so Uh i don't want to make it seem like this is the very first time in my entire life that i've ever attempted to write something um but it is the first time i've ever finished just something like Start to finish because I most of the things I've tried have just I cut them off. <laughs> I'm like ah oh, I don't I don't like this going and I stop. So this is the first time that I've finished it. So it really means a lot, like a lot, a lot. Anytime anybody tells me they've read it and that they liked it, even if they didn't like it, like just taking the time to read it, like thanks, thank you.
2: <laughs> Are there any plans Absolutely. to publish your trunk novel?
1: Oh God, I. <laughs> I, you know, what happened to you is, so remember when I said that I didn't get a lot of encouragement, I wrote that book and I was, uh, I was eight. So I was fighting with my friend and that's why I wrote it. And it was about like these two little girls who got into a fight and one of them kills the other. And I know that that sounds serious. Like I wasn't, I didn't want to kill my friend, but I, I liked spooky stuff and I was trying to like, you know, test the waters, I guess a little bit. And my friend was not happy because I let her read it and I was really excited about it. And I was like, read this. I wrote this story. And it's not like it, they weren't named after us or anything. But I mean, she saw the similarities and she was not happy with it. And I, she, then she called me dumb because it had feud and fight and the same title. <laughs> I was like, that's fair. To be fair, those are like the same thing, I guess.
0: <laughs> I can't say you're wrong there. So,
1: Yeah. Uh, no, that one's not going to get published. I think my, my fourth grade best friend might be a little upset.
0: <laughs> so you bled on the page at a young age and the person that you wrote about was upset about it.
1: Yeah. And I mean, in retrospect, there are like journal entries that would have probably been better for me to focus on at the time instead of trying to turn it into a story that I shared. But, you know, channel your emotions.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's why I got beside. Well, a few reasons why I started writing, but that's I started really focusing on writing myself because of that. I was dealing with a lot of shitty people in my life that I haven't spoken to in years, probably eight so years and uh it's positive outlet you know so it's a good thing i'm all for that you're doing a good job and i read your story today at work and the part that brennan mentioned when i got to that i text him jesus fucking christ
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i don't know if that's
0: good or not no that's a good thing because uh i didn't see the implication until i read it i thought like like any good story the reader usually is like is it this and then like a few lines or paragraph after you're like oh god that was that oh fuck moment and then you kept going and uh i liked it um editing wise was, i mean as far as i was concerned i was like i don't see any mistakes it's pretty great and uh i hope you keep writing i'm glad that you were uh, push to write because you're good at it And you're working on A book right now um, I don't remember what it was called I tried looking it up But you uh, have a lot of tweets So I couldn't find it couldn't <laughs> That's find absolutely it.
1: fair I spend a lot of time on the internet So <laughs> I totally get that um, So I'm working on Right now I'm working on a novella for Just because for fun um, I thought it was going to be a short story And then when I started writing it So what I do is I write these really quick outlines first, and I don't know if this is normal because I've been trying to like pick the brains of all of the writer friends I have, and I'm like, what is your process? What do you do? And I'm so curious because I feel like I'm probably doing things wrong, but um, one of my friends actually recently told me, if it's working for you, then it's not wrong. And that was really, really helpful. So I've just kind of been doing my own thing. Um, so I write like this quick little outline, like just a few paragraphs from start to finish of the story, and it's really short. And so I think the story is going to be really short. And then once I start writing it, I've gotten through like two sentences in the first paragraph of my outline, but I've written like 20 pages and it's bananas. Like, I don't know how it keeps happening, but, um, so my novella is that now, and it might be a book. I don't know. We'll see how long it gets. Obviously I'm going to cut it down a little bit, but it's called thank you for coming. Um, and, I haven't, like, said a lot about what it's about, but, um, without, like, spoiling anything, it's about a girl who is going through a tough time in her life, and she gets a call from her hometown that her grandmother died, and so she has to go back and deal with that. Um, and like my story, it's gonna have a kind of twist thing going on, too. So, uh, yeah, I, I like doing that. It was intentional, kind of, with the story, cause that's the, those are the kind of books I like to read, like that kind of change things for you at the end. So it's completely different from what you expected. Um, so that was what I was going for when I wrote it, um, because somebody was like, oh, you should write what you want to read. And I was like, all right, that's good advice. I'll do that. <laughs> and so I've been kind of going with it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I definitely would like to read that whenever it's ready. And uh, as far as uh, the podcast goes, what what do you think we're doing this for? We, we want to get tips so we can become better writers, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> totally fair. <laughs> that's why I'm listening to it.
0: Never feel bad for asking for advice. It's when people ask for advice the wrong way where it's not okay. Like, I mean, I'm not telling anyone to do anything. But for me, I'll give stuff a shot at least once. Like, I messaged Tony Todd and tried to get him on. But, like, he didn't reply. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. And uh, (laughs) one of the dudes that's on Devil's Rejects, I forget, Bill Mosley, I tried messaging him. uh, No, no, no shot in hell that he replied. But, you know, my point, my whole point is, is just like, go for it. Like I messaged a guy that one of the writers of host and he's gonna, I'm going to be recording with him on Monday. So you never know who's going to say yes. And just be polite and don't bug them. You know, people got lives. And I mean, Cassie, you're nice. So I, I keep <laughs> it, keep up the good work because you got a good su- support system. Um, I mean, I can see the public support system, never mind whoever else you talk to. And uh, me and Brennan got that, too. We're we're lucky. And I love we bring this up all the time. The horror community, it's pretty much a great place. It's a lot of and it's not just like people with dreams. There's people as big as Paul Tremblay or, you know, uh, Josh Mallerman. They talk to everyone. They help everyone out. They pay it forward, which is great. Um, and I see people that have potential that are newer or in like Laurel or Vi- Violet Castro's place is Sonora. Like they're I could see them being the next big thing and they're just so nice. And it, I don't know, I'm rambling on, but I, I love it. I love what we got here, what we all cultivated.
1: <laughs> no, I, yeah, I agree. I think, Um, I think all the people you mentioned, like they are, they are very nice. They've been very helpful. Um, Laurel and V and Sonora, like those people specifically are people that I've read and that I like and that when I reach out and I ask them a question, I'm so grateful (laughs) because they don't immediately either just ignore me or tell me to like, you know, fuck off or something. (laughs) I I mean, cause that, I mean, that, that would be in my perspective, like you're, they're really good at what they're doing and they're, they're getting successful doing it because they're good at it. And Mm -hmm. for them to take the time to help somebody who is just starting out, like that's, that's really, really cool. I think because they didn't have to, like they don't, they didn't have to, you know, have me on uh fright girl summer for snore and V like, they didn't have to feature me. They featured my art too. Like it's not, they don't have to do these things and it's not just me. Like there, there are so many people that are trying to boost other people and that are just genuinely trying to support and help each other. And, I think that's really important. I think it's really good because from the outside, from somebody who's not in it, like the idea of the horror community probably sounds a little bit, I don't know, intimidating or scary or maybe negative, but it's, it's like one of the most positive online communities I've ever, ever been a part of, or I've ever like seen it's, it's bananas. Cool. I love it.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. And, um, I I don't know. I just like talking with like those ladies I would just mention Brennan and I actually talk about this often uh, They're not Knocking guy writers, we love plenty of them But there's just so many good female Writers, and personally, just speaking For myself, I like the Error we're in right now Where horror is hot again And uh, it's gonna go through a cycle But, you know, we're always gonna Be here for it, but we're at a time Where it's just like Everyone's starting to kind of get An equal chance um, or at least it start things are coming to light where everyone's starting to get an equal chance. You know, it really doesn't, it's not like only white old guys are getting all the shots now, or maybe they are. And it's starting to, I don't know how to word this correctly, but i think I'm it's, seeing
1: the change is coming. It's starting yeah. to happen, I think. And we're heading in a good direction.
0: Yeah. And I, I like seeing that because there's so many good people that might not have gotten a chance 20 or 30 years ago. And Man, what a shame, because all I keep thinking about is V. Castro's uh, Latina version, Latinx version of Candyman. I'm like, can I have that now, please? I
1: know. I know. I want that so bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she can write horror and erotica really, really well.
1: Yeah, I just got um, her Rewind or Die book in, Um
0: yeah I saw your post about the hair yeah, spring
1: or. yeah, I haven't read it yet, but I just got it in the mail. Um, I've been having some issues with my Kindle, so I can't like download things because I can't connect to the internet. Um so I know that there are a bunch of them on like Kindle Unlimited and stuff, but I haven't been able to get them, so I'm kind of like getting them slowly one at a time and i'm I'm really excited to read them because it's got a really cool cover too, plus just more stuff by V. so I think that'll be really great. Yeah,
0: it's interesting. I wish it was longer, but I know that they keep those books short.
1: Yeah, yeah, they all have been uh, like, they're pretty short. They're quick to get through, which I like. I've been loving short books lately. They're really good for my time frame. Like, I don't have a lot of time to read. So, being able to just sit down and read something in an hour, that's been really useful.
0: Definitely seems like you read a whole lot. uh, But, I mean, I read a whole lot slow. So,
1: (laughs) yeah, I read pretty
0: quickly. Everyone reads Um, fast. (laughs)
1: No, don't say that. It's not I feel like Rich says that too. He's like, I'm so slow, I'm not gonna finish it. And I'm like, it's fine. Like as long as you're reading, that's great.
0: What does he and like that, to read?
1: Uh he reads mostly sci fi stuff. So he actually um like the do you know what like Warhammer forty K is?
0: Yeah, that's the um is it considered a board game or like a role-playing game I'm not sure
1: at the top i don't you know it's like a tabletop game i, guess. I, I know what it yeah. is yeah so they have um they have like a whole there's a whole lore like thing that goes with it um and like tons and tons of books and so i my way of showing love is buying people books so <laughs> like every holiday usually i'm like here's more books about the things you like and recently um they've been putting out these really cool like horror ones about like the lore, but like with more horror leanings, and like even mm. a couple of like short story collections and stuff. So those are pretty cool. Um, and they have uh, I don't know if there's a particular term, but like you know how when a book has like the edges of the paint or the edges of the pages are painted?
0: When they're painted.
1: Yeah, oh. like so the edge of the book just looks like red or like green or something, like just sprayed pages. I don't know. The books have oh, that. Oh yeah
0: yeah yeah yep.
1: Yeah, and if they there's look There's a really term
0: cool. for it. I don't know it. I don't know the fancy four pages. Four edge painting.
1: I don't, that sounds not as pretty as fancy painting.
0: Is a scene painted on the edges of the pages of a book. So that's definitely not it, but that sounds cool. (laughs) Oh my God. Are you Googling again? (laughs) Of course I'm Googling. Do you think I know this (laughs) shit on the top of my head?
1: He's got to be prepared. Um, But yeah, so he's been reading a lot of those, which is cool. Um, He, he has less books than I do. So my books kind of, they're all over like the bedroom and all over the house and they don't fit into my shelves anymore because I haven't bought shelves in a while so i just have piles and piles of books just everywhere and he's like just with his little books like in the corner like trying to get through them and i'm like i'm sorry i'm so sorry
0: (laughs) and you just joined us at deadhead reviews so uh you're gonna have a lot of opportunities to get a lot more uh, get a lot more books
1: i know i'm excited about it and i'm really excited to be a part of the team i don't know if i thanked you specifically but thanks
0: (laughs) uh it was a collaborative thing i mean we me, Elle, and Ellen were like, we want Cassie, but, uh, you know, we don't want to step on anyone's toes. But, I mean, if someone wants to join, go ahead, you know? We're, yeah.
1: And everybody's been super nice. And I really like that you guys are very um, – you're inclusive, intentionally inclusive, which I think is very important. And, yeah, it's nice. I like I like when I see the little things and you're just being really positive and <laughs> I see the tweets going. I'm like, yes, I'm going to retweet this. I love this. Yes.
0: <laughs> Ellen is the leader with that. I – give credit where it's due yeah it's pretty funny so much credit (laughs) it's pretty funny how i meant to say this earlier i saw i don't know who followed who first but when i took over deadhead reviews from garrett last year uh i was adding team members just who made sense like brennan i mean i said that shane made a comment about a guy that Shane Douglas Keene said that he sounded like Mr. Rogers. I was Brennan that made that comment. I feel like that might have been the first time I heard him. I'm like, I want to add him. But then I saw that he lives close to where I live and Ma- lived in Massachusetts. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I don't really know anyone from my, my hometown or the area. So in the horror community, Uh turns out I do now with a few, which is weird because one of them grew up literally the town over scott kemper of uh staring into the abyss
1: oh he's really nice he's been uh recommending some shutter movies to me that i'm going to be watching soon
0: yeah he that's neat he grew up the town over and we both literally have the same mutual friend that we grew up with but we never knew each other until our community but with ellen i saw that she uh was also from jersey i'm like that'd be cool because i live in jersey now so Good at her, and she had some really neat reviews on, on cooking and baking. That's why I meant to bring that up earlier. And, uh, I just said, it looks like I like your reviews. Would you be interested in joining to write reviews for, you know, horror? And, uh, turns out it worked out. And then she knew you, and me and you follow each other before I even knew you two were friends in real, in like, quote unquote real life and it's just weird how life works out i
1: know it's a really small world too like ellen and i've been friends for like over a decade and like we've i visited her and she's visited me when i still lived in florida and i didn't somehow we just really didn't talk about books ever (laughs) like and i
0: don't know why that blows my mind i
1: know and so when i she joined like bookstagram and she started getting involved in the book twitter and stuff like that and i was like oh crap like I can talk to her about all these books and stuff now. And to be fair, now we just, most of our text conversations are just a, a sending bitmojis back and forth, like really just <laughs> crazy bitmojis over and over. But still like, it's, it's really nice having somebody because a lot of my in real life, quote unquote friends are not into books at all. So having that kind of connection with somebody is really cool.
0: I got maybe two or three friends that pre- Horror community that actually like books. Uh, one likes horror films, but he lives in Massachusetts, so can't really watch horror movies with him if that was even an option now. Do
1: the parties. There's a Hulu party, Netflix party, and Amazon party option now.
0: The other problem with that now is he's got two little girls and works at UPS, so he's gonna get his ass up early or he's out late, so oh. I, got, I got a family, so like, I'm very, I'm, we text, but it's like, Not too often, because we got, you know, busy stuff going on. Uh, Brennan, you were going to interrupt earlier to throw an insult at me due to the speed of my reading abilities. Do you want (laughs) to talk about that?
2: Actually, I'd like to talk about how our co-hosting ship has evolved to such a point that if I try to interrupt with a single syllable, you know the complete intention (laughs) of why I'm interrupting. (laughs) I'm actually impressed. I'm not even mad. Um, <laughs> actually, no. We, well, we back. Um, I, I, was, I was interrupting to insult you, but I did have a question uh, about something we were talking about at the time. You know, we were talking about just how many great uh, female horror writers there are right now. Uh, we, and we mentioned Laurel, we mentioned V, Sonora, there's Gemma Amore, there's S.H. Cooper, and you could go on and on. And one thing that they all have in common is they are all on the table of contents of uh, "We Are Wolves" and Cassie, so are you. So I kind of want to hear yeah. how that came to be.
1: Oh, I'm so excited about that. <laughs> um, that so I honestly I don't know how that came to be because just they started talking about it one time and I saw it in their tweet when they you know kind of posted a little bit of a teaser and I at that point, like I, nobody had reached out to me or anything. So I didn't know that I would have any involvement. So I was just really excited. Cause I was like, Ooh, another book I'm going to add to my shelves. And this sounds like something that I can totally be about. And I'm like super into this. Cause you know, they, they pitched it as being for women who have, you know, suffered from domestic violence and sexual harassment and abuse and things like that, which, um, you know, I have, I'm not going to go into, but I have a history of dealing with, um, you know, both in childhood and just as an adult. So having such a positive, like, a positive thing going on out of something so negative. I thought that was really, really cool. Um, and then Laurel actually messaged me and asked if I wanted to be a part of it. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I like dropped my phone. Like I lost my shit. Can I, can I say shit?
0: Is that okay? Oh, fuck no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I totally lost my shit. I was so excited about it. I could not, I couldn't handle it. Like it was, it was a lot.
0: (laughs) I am. That's great.
1: Yeah. I, Uh, I, there are so many people that are going to be a part of it too. Like you said, like, there are so many people that I've been reading for years now that I can't – it's, like, mind-boggling that I'm going to be in a book with them. It's crazy to me.
0: Um. Yeah, G- Gemma Moore, wasn't she – she's the one that's putting it together, right? The covers based off of her, and I know it's getting published through <sighs> – I apologize if I mess Very, up her name. Sina? C- yeah. Yes, right? that's it. Sina
1: Palaio? Okay. Paleo. I'm not sure how to say her last name. Yeah, so.
0: Paleo. Yep. Yes.
1: Okay, so, um, yeah, and the the drawing that Gemma's actually doing is based off of her. So it's her face, like, and she turned her into kind of like a I don't want to say monster, but it is a monster because that's what they called it, but it, it's so beautiful that you know, it's a beautiful monster. Um, it, it's and based
0: off of Gemma or Cena.
1: Cena. Gemma drew it based off of Cena's uh, like a selfie of her. Oh, cool. yeah, oh, cool. yeah, and it's super cool. Um, and then burial day is actually Cena's publishing house. so she's, you know, doing it, and then she's also going to be one of the writers in it. Um, and then Gemma and Laurel are, I think the word is like collating it because they're it's it's they're they're picking all the specific things together and putting it together very specifically.
0: <laughs> it is. Let's talk about Laurel real quick because Brennan and I have pretty much uh, I think it's fair to say we're neck and neck with like sitting. This is a weird way to put it. We're neck and neck watching her career from the spectator seat, uh, meaning that. He read Whispers in the Dark a little bit before I did, but I read it, I think, a few months after. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but then we just kind of we, – we became friends with her pretty much around the same time, and we're watching her on Ink Heist, and we both remember how she said that she is not someone that writes short fiction, and guess what? She kills it, and now she's going to uh, blow up more than probably – some people want to realize at this point cuz she's she's got the potential to like she's she's fucking good she's someone that can be like on Josh Maleman's level
1: she is amazing yeah i um so <laughs> To be honest with you, I'm already planning a volume two of my coloring book because there were a couple of authors who I didn't read until this year. And the list I had, I made last year. So when I started working on my coloring book, it was last October. um, And there have been so many people that I've read this year that I hadn't you know, read before that I didn't think to put into the book. And Laurel's one of those people that I'm like, please, like... (laughs) <laughs> oh, I love your book so much. Like, I read, um, I read Whispers in the Dark earlier this year, and then I just read Finished Crossroads. I actually have a review going to my blog tomorrow. Um, and both have just been so good, and they are very different in length. Like, Whispers is obviously longer, and then the other one is much shorter, and I'm really, really excited to see how her contribution to the collection goes, because I think it's going to be amazing. I think the whole thing is going to be amazing. I'm. Sh- sh-
0: uh, Can you talk about that a little bit? Uh, your coloring book? Like, is it, it- is it just like? Uh, how about I ask this? <laughs> what is it about? What? How do? How are the authors involved?
1: So it's called the Horror Authors Coloring and Activity Book, and it is going to be a book that's kind of broadening the horizons of people who read horror, who maybe only know of like the bigger named folks that are in the industry. So um, obviously, when you think about horror, if you think about horror fiction, you'd automatically go to like King and stuff like that. So I wanted to kind of highlight the community and the people who are maybe not as widely known, but who should be, because like you said, they have the potential to be just as popular and just as marketable and just as, you know, read by a ton of people. And they could be household names if more people knew about them. Um, so I thought it would be really cool to make coloring books so that people could buy it. Even if they only know like one or two of the authors in it, they're going to be 20 authors featured. So 20 names, um, each person's going to have a couple of books or stories or anything that they want to highlight It's going to be on their coloring page. Um, the coloring page is going to feature each of the authors. And you know how like my tune Me style is like half of them is a tune and half of them is just their normal face. Yeah. Um, it's going to be like that, except the whole thing's a cartoon and half of it's going to be a monster and half of it is their normal <laughs> face.
0: <laughs> when's, that, when's the first one come out? Uh,
1: it should be coming out... Oof. At the uh, pre-orders will be available at the end of this month. Um, I'm hoping to have it out at the beginning of next month. Um, okay. I'm I've got to order the proofs in and get them and see how that goes and see how it looks because I've never printed a book before and I'm using like a website online. So we're gonna see how a coloring book works out. But um, yeah, it's gonna have 20 author pages and then 10 activity pages. And the activity pages are going to be a mix of I don't know if you're familiar with bullet journaling, but um, do you know what that is?
0: I'm um, no. What is that?
1: So it's like, um, this specific form of journaling that people use and it's super customizable. So you can like, you just get a notebook and you draw in it kind of, you make your own calendars, you make your own, whatever you want. And sometimes people like to log their books and their reading stuff. So I'm going to have like a drawing of a big bookshelf and it's going to have a bunch of empty spines. And then as the people who have the book read, they can fill it in and color in the books with the books that they've read for that year. Um, It's also going to have an unscramble the novella. So different authors, they have different books that I'm going to put in there. And then you're going to have to unscramble the names. Um, There's going to be a connect the dots kind of cover page to feature a couple of different cover artists. Um, And then there's also going to be like Mad Libs. I think it's called like a story (laughs) I'm calling a day at the bookstore and it's going to feature the authors and it's going to be as if you're, you know, visiting a bookstore for a signing and all these authors are there. Um, so yeah, a lot of little activities. I'm also going to highlight some publishers. So indie publishers and cover artists, people that do a lot of work, but maybe aren't as known as the exact author's name, you know, when you're reading a book. Hmm. So I thought it'd be cool, kind of little community spotlight.
0: <laughs> That's great. We need more of that. That's what I want to do too. That's what me and Brennan are trying to do with the podcast. That's what we try to do at Deadhead Reviews. If, it, you know, if there's so many people that do that, who knows? Maybe there can be what all of us have intended is, uh, more names besides Stephen fucking King and Ann Rice and the, uh, you know, goddamn bookstores. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little, uh, uh, a little annoyed at that, at, uh, this one, for example, this one bookstore, uh, bam, Book a Million, Books a Million. Uh, that's the closest big chain near me, and it's got, I go to the, it's not even, there's not even a horror section. It's just, uh, I forget. I think it's thriller, which is incorrect, but (laughs) I, I see one Richard Schismar, which is the closest to the indie horror. The only reason he's there is because he co-wrote a book with Stephen King. Yeah. Uh, I don't see any females besides Anne Rice. I don't even see Shirley Jackson there. Perhaps you can order him online. Um, I, I, I thought it was neat that I did see Laurel Hightower, was on Target.com, but I couldn't find her in my Target. Oh, that's I, really
1: cool, though.
0: I was really hoping I could have, so I could send her a picture. But, yeah, Brennan, we were just talking about how um, the coloring book is going to be the tune-me of the authors, where half of it's the monster, half of it is the author.
2: Oh, that's brilliant. And, you know, I, I could only help thinking, you know, we've talked about the, you know— friendliness welcoming inclusivity of this community and it's like what other fucking community do you have that would have like a project like this going on and all of these authors that have these great works are like so giddy and excited to to be part of this i just i think it's so cool um could you tell us some of the uh publishers that you're kind of highlighting i'm curious
1: yes i can hang on one second let me open because i have all these tabs pulled up in preparation. Oh. <laughs> okay, so I have a list of some of them right here. So Silver Shamrock Publishing, um, unnerving, Rooster Republic, Candisha Press. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, and if I'm not, I'm really sorry. Um, Raw Dog Screaming Press, Clash Books, Broken River Books, Trepidatio Publishing. I don't know if I said that right either nightscape press bloodshot books subterranean press and that's all on this list but that's not the complete list that's just the list i have to share there are more
2: (laughs) that's a solid list though that's fabulous
1: (laughs) yeah i'm 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 very excited um some of the cover artists that i'm going to be doing uh or featuring showing will be um you know elder lemon design how do you say his name
0: Uh, for who Ke-
1: Keelan, Keelan? Keelan? Oh, Keelan, is that right? Keelan. Yeah, Keelan. Keelan. Patrick Burke. Okay, I'm yep. sorry, I'm really not good at names. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna be featuring him, and then Matthew Revert, Reverts. He does a lot of books. Um, you you guys have actually probably both seen a lot of his covers that go around. Um, and then Daniel Sarah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm mean, gonna have a lot of people. Um, from Rooster Republic. Um, the I, his thing is Don Noble art, but I th- I don't think that's his. Full name, no. is that?
0: Uh, no, that's his name.
1: Is it? Because I think it's under a different thing. I don't know. Because when I sent the email, I don't know. But he's going to be in the book too. His
0: Twitter is like Frank, I think. Yeah,
1: but that's, like, I always get confused because some people on Twitter, they're, they're, what is it called? They're like hash, not hashtag name, they're. Use their handle? Name. Yeah, their okay. handle, thank you. For taking me back to like hackers. <laughs> their <laughs> handle is different from their actual name. So I cannot tell you how many times I have to double check myself and I'm like, oh god, like I don't want to call this person the wrong thing. I'm so sorry.
0: Yeah, it's Don Noble. Uh I've actually worked with him on something too. He's a great guy. He's awesome, big, yeah. He's been super, family. super nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. His he did you see um Sarah Tantlinger's the upcoming Cradle Land of Parasites?
0: Yeah, it looks pretty neat. That cover is wild.
1: It's so cool. I'm
0: so excited. Did you read it?
1: No, I haven't read it. It, I don't. I don't think it's. Is it out? Like, it's not released, right?
0: No, I didn't. I think it's it's full. Yeah. I didn't know if you read at arc or anything.
1: No, no, I, I have not. I wish, but I have not. I'm going to be definitely getting it as soon as, like, as soon as it's out. Like, I have all her other books, and she's amazing. She's in my coloring book too.
0: Uh real quick cuz she is a newer author so I think it'd be pretty neat since we're talking about how awesome the community is um and maybe a whole lot of people don't know about her. I'm a little familiar with her. I've talked with her. Maybe it was like a hi how's it going but Brie um forgive me if I got this wrong. Brie Morgan. Yeah. Brie it's is it Bri Brianna?
1: Look, I'm going to be honest, I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> i sorry say, let's i love say, her <laughs> let's just say brie morgan she's got a new book that came out what a few weeks ago i think
1: yeah just recently unboxed
0: yeah i haven't i've seen it i've seen the cover all over um she seems like a real sweet uh person uh, have you guys talked for a while like do you want to tell us a little bit about that book
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I met her through bookstagram actually, I think it was. Um, and it was just, she was posting a lot of her, like she, this isn't her first book that she's written, but this is, I think her first real solid, you know, intro into horror. Um, Mm. and it's written as a play, which I think is really unique because there aren't a lot of other things that are getting released that are written that way. Um, but she's actually a playwright. So she's written things as plays in the past. So she's totally familiar with it. Um, and it's, I really love technology done in like a dark, twisty, horror way. So um, I don't know if you guys read Ghoster by Jason Arnop, um, but that came out like last year, I think. And that was one that kind of dealt with phones and creepiness and not knowing what was going on. So when I figured out that that was like its own little niche genre, I was very excited. So I've been trying to like gobble up everything else that I can. Um, and hers is actually about this guy who runs this paranormal like vlog online um and he has a ton of followers and things start going bad for him after an argument with his girlfriend gets publicly posted um and none of that to spoiler because it's all in the book um and on the you know good read summary and everything mm-hmm. but so start things start happening and it's it like I said it's written as a play which is really cool because when she writes it you, she frames the scene so you can kind of like get such a good idea of how it would look as if you were staring at it from the audience which is a really cool perspective in books because it's not, you know, that they're so different from movies that that's not how they're written. So reading it like that for me, was like such a cool experience. Cause I was like, this is like watching a movie. This is like reading a little short story. Like I really love this. Um, yeah, it's really good. I liked it. I would highly recommend it.
2: So Cassie, I have a question that kind of piggybacks off that and deals with your um, overwhelming pile of books taking up your place. So I'm wondering if you could and I'm going I'm going to leave this open for you so it doesn't, you know, back you into a corner. But uh what are some of the best things whether they be novels, novellas or collections that you've read this year so far?
1: Um like specific titles or
2: Yeah, yeah, what are some of your like if you if 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 the year ended now, which let's let's, you know, be honest, it could end tomorrow, who knows. Um if, oh, I hope not. Year... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know at this point. Um, <laughs> I,
1: yeah, I mean, I couldn't put it past 2020 to be honest.
2: But if uh, if you had to put together a year-end list right now, what are some of the titles that you would recommend to people?
1: Okay, let me think. Um, so, pulling from the stuff I've read most recently, um, I read a lot of a couple of the Rewind or Die books, which are really good. Um, Cirque Berserk, Hell's Bells, um, the Haley Piper one, which it has a longer name. Benny Rose, it, uh, The Cannibal King, that one. Um, those three have been like really good standouts for me. I really, really loved those, and they're all shorter, so they've been really great. Haley actually has another one that's called An Invitation to Darkness, and that was another short one that I really liked. Seeing Things by Sonora. Uh, that was really, really good. I really like that one because it's told from a younger perspective, which I don't think we see a lot in horror, especially in horror that can be read and enjoyed by adults. Sometimes if the person in the book is like 12 or 13, then it's just a little bit juvenile and hers wasn't at all. Like, I really loved it. Uh, aside from that, I read uh, Matt Serafini's Rights of Extinction that one is really good another novella i'm i'm, I'm going hard with the novellas okay because i really like them
0: <laughs> they're, they're pretty uh, they're an attractive option
1: they're, because they're so short and you can just fit them in like so easily mm-hmm. um i not a novella but the luminous dead by caitlin starling i read that mm-hmm. one at the beginning of the year did you guys read that
0: no i just heard i heard about it on ink
1: yeah, it's it, I, a lot of people have been talking about it. And it had a really cool cover. It has a really cool cover. And when I saw it for the first time, I actually thought that it was like a submarine or something on the cover. Like, I didn't realize what I was looking at. And then when I got the book in person, I was like, Oh, like, this is a hand there. Um, so that was really funny. And I really like it. Um Michelle Renee Lane. She's going to one of the people that's going to be in my coloring book. I read invisible chains by her earlier this year, like I think January or February. Um, and I thought that was really important because it's told from the perspective of a girl who, you know, she lives on this place and she's a slave to these people that hurt her and are really, really awful. Um, but it's also done with like the supernatural kind of twist. So there are like vampires and stuff in the book as well. Um, and I really liked it and I thought, I thought it was a really good book because it was really painful to read. And like I said, I like stuff that is kind of sad and it doesn't shy away from the painful parts, but it also doesn't make it so that it's like, I don't know, it's not like excessive or anything like that. Like it was just really well written and I loved it. Um, And then two books that are coming out later in the year that I really loved were Clown in a Cornfield and that one's by Adam Caesar and then The Loop by Jeremy Robert Johnson. I think those have August and like so later this month and the next month releases.
0: I haven't I mean, get heard right of the, the Loop. The Loop. Oh, have the you Loop heard? is good. Brennan, have you heard of that? I have heard of it.
2: I, ha- I have not read it. Um, but it's, I, I have um, his collection, Jeremy Robert Johnson's Entropy in Bloom, and I read it uh long time ago. It's, it's interesting. He's one of those authors that I stumbled across completely randomly a few years ago. And then was, you know, once I found my way into this whole indie horror scene, I was like, Oh, this guy's here too. Um, <laughs> but no, I hear good things uh, about that, that it's, it's very uh, unique. Would you, would you agree with that, Cassie?
1: Yeah, it is. It is. It's, I, it's actually like, it's marketed as stranger things meets world war Z, but I thought it was, I can see why they compared it to those things, but it, it stands completely apart. Like it's its own thing, definitely. It's very, very unique, and I think it it deals with some stuff that could be kind of topical now in regards to like our pandemic and people just being not so great with it. So I, I think it's really cool, and I think people will like it when they read it.
0: How about you, Brennan? What, what books would you recommend? It's a little bit different than what are you reading now.
2: Okay. Now before I I launch into my hypothetical list, which um, I, I'm real pissed at you at the moment because I, I, despite the fact that I, you know, wanted to ask Cassie that I absolutely did not think about preparing a list myself. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but, but I, I do want to actually, you know what, I'm going to just totally piggyback on, um, all the rewinder die titles that you mentioned Um, Cirque Berserk is fantastic. Uh, Benny Rose, Cannibal King. I, I love that one. And I can't believe when we were talking about We Are Wolves that I forgot to mention Haley Piper. Um, who is just absolutely one of my far and away favorite authors, period.
0: She's amazing. She just messaged me and she said, I don't want to talk to Brennan if I come on the show. So.
1: She would never. She is the sweetest human.
0: No, yeah. I I feel like an asshole for saying that. She's. (laughs) I have had zero bad experiences with her. She's very nice. She's a very nice person. So ignore the mean man on the microphone. (laughs) So ignoring the mean man on the
2: microphone. Yeah, no, I got to, um, I got to, um, not email. I got to interview, uh, Haley for our, uh, for Deadheads Women in Horror Month in February. And she's just, she's the nicest human being that ever got put on the earth. So, um, so yeah, definitely rewind or die. I can't leave Crossroads off the list. Um, I just I love that thing to death. Uh gotta put Devil's Creek on there. Definitely Devil's Creek. I haven't read Any... that one yet.
1: I don't have it. Uh-oh. I'm gonna get it soon. Soon. I'm gonna catch up to everybody. Don't don't worry.
2: <laughs> I, we won't hold it against you. Um there's there's shipping issues. So I mean Yeah,
1: no, yeah, totally yeah, understandable.
2: Dev- Um, and I guess if I'm going to throw one more on there, um, I really liked the Raven by Jonathan Jans.
1: I didn't read that one, but I, he did a reading of that. Um, what was, there was something going on that I watched a reading of him like
0: Coronacon.
2: Yeah.
1: I, yeah, I watched his, um, his reading for that and I, he did really well. I love his readings. He's such a great guy. He's going to be in the book too.
0: He's a super swell guy.
2: All right, Patrick, your turn.
1: Yeah, now we're putting I'll you on the spot.
2: You, you've been sitting and thinking about it when you weren't making rude comments. So. He was
1: googling it. He was preparing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I. All right, so you guys already listed all the books that I for this year. I've read other books that didn't come out this year, but we're sticking on 2020 releases, right?
1: I think some of mine. I think a couple of them weren't, but most of them were.
0: So, if we're sticking to 2020 releases. The first one that I read this year was uh, True Crime by Samantha Kolesnik. That was killer. That was fantastic. So good. I want to read her second book whenever that comes out. She's a little busy right now running a press, so. <laughs> that's
1: you know, amazing, though. I'm so excited to see what they put out.
0: Which leads me to Crossroads. Uh, <laughs> that's just such a killer book. I cannot wait, and hey Cassie, if you haven't gotten that book yet And you want it, you can enter uh, By the time this episode comes out This is going to be too late for anyone else Listening to this, but you can enter The contest by Following the rules, which are real simple It's just follow us, Laurel And off-press Off-limit-press And uh, yeah, you can enter to get a paperback From uh, One of two winners We'll have on the release date Which would be the 10th
1: Look at you guys spreading good reading to the world.
2: <laughs> you, sir, are shameless.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I have the book, but I was going to let you do the whole spiel. I'm OK with it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, Pat, Patrick, I can't believe I left true crime off my list. Um, I, I
1: was kicking myself for that, too, because I was like, yeah. I really should have said that one, too. Yeah,
2: that, that's but, a that's a weird one, because I read it in December, uh, but it came uh, out in January. So it's like I, I give myself the you know, it's it's OK. You just forgot.
0: I read it in January, or no, uh, I don't know when I read it.
2: Shit. I think it was you, my third book of the year. You read it in April because you were reading it when we uh, recorded, or March, because you, you were reading it when we recorded uh, that Catchem episode.
0: Right. And yeah. the other two I'd put on there is Devil's Creek by Todd Kiesling, and, uh, which I would seriously be baffled if at no point someone... Whoever that is would be like, Hey, uh, look, here's lots of money. Let me make a movie off of this. Or, Hey, I work for a big publishing company. Here's money. Come write books for us. Cause he's, that's just such a good book. Uh, it's, it's the, it's, it's our Salem's lot. I think is the nicest compliment anyone could give it. And the other book would be Jessica Guesses Cirque Berserk. That was just so much fun. If you're a slasher fan, you'll love it. If you're a horror fan, you'll love it. If you're a romantic fan and you like horror, you'll love it.
1: (laughs) 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 I wish (laughs) they'd make a movie out of that one. I really loved it. I told
0: them that that. would be so much fun. I told Jessica that they should make a uh, Whitney Whitney Houston Halloween cost uh, outfit.
1: Yeah. Oh, of her. Yeah, they should do with the of her main character with the skates and the
0: and the bat. Yeah, yeah, that's Whitney. She's awesome. So those are mine.
2: Um, I'm going to interrupt you real quick because I didn't think to actually turn around and look at the fucking books I have, you know, surrounding me. But uh, (laughs) I I, I absolutely have to add um, Lullabies for Suffering, the anthology that uh, Mark Matthews edited. And uh, we need to do something by Max Booth.
1: Mm. I just got Lullabies for Suffering in the mail. They just sent that to me. I'm excited to read it.
2: I loved it. There's there's a lot of really good stories in there. Um, Mercedes Yardley, who we talked to recently, has her hers is the last one, and it's it's a it's a heartbreaker. It's a really good one.
0: She's one of those fun authors. She's such a sweet person, and then the stuff she writes is like, well, I don't. It doesn't add up, but I love it. I love this combination. And like you, Cassie, I do. I'm all for wholesome endings, but like if I'm reading horror, I typically am expecting it to go pretty terrible for pretty much all involved. And I I like that.
1: It's fun. There are high stakes when, you know, everybody could have something terrible happen to them.
0: (laughs) When I for I I self published one book in 2014. It's not on I took it off. I removed it. It's shit. It's one of my trunk stories, but Aww. um, I bring it up for a reason because when I got a freelance editor, I uh, qu- you know, I asked questions because I'm not just gonna say you're an editor. Here's money. I quite I just had a few questions and a page or two for editors, I have no idea who they are beyond like them claiming to be an editor to give me a sample edit and one editor this guy that seems like a little bit of a nut job uh, replied with, when I said do you like horror, because that's if you don't, why would we work together because it's a horror book he said that, uh, he asked me if I like to see people in pain and suffering and at that point I exited the conversation because <laughs> I thought he was a judgmental prick. And I, I I just what see when we're talking, you and me and Brandon, whoever are talking about how like we enjoy that stuff. It's good because it's good to talk about your feelings. It's good to express things and not hold it in. And it's OK if that makes you feel good or whatever.
2: Hey, can I throw one more out there that nobody mentioned and I can't believe it? What is it? No, no, nobody mentioned the Rue by Alan Baxter. Oh, oh my God,
0: that and, was and, such and a good I, one.
2: Right, all three of us really have to put that on the list.
0: So. We do, yeah, uh-oh, we do. Uh-oh. Totally agreed. Uh oh. Sorry, we're Alan. All...
1: Alan's gonna be in the book too. He's. <laughs>
0: we're we're all in his book. That's pretty yeah. fucked up, guys.
2: Um. It is so, follow up question for you guys. Now, I I mentioned on an episode we recorded recently that if I have somebody. Who is basically me a year ago coming in and discovering, holy shit, there are books uh, that fit in the horror genre that Stephen King didn't write. Um, and they're looking for recommendations. Like, I have three go to's that I usually throw at people, and that's, uh, Paul Tremblay's A Head Full of Ghosts, uh, Bird Box by, by Josh Mallerman, or Whispers in the Dark by Laurel. Uh, what, what would you guys? throw at somebody who's kind of new to, to this scene and, you know, just something that kind of doesn't necessarily fit a particular niche, but, you know, is a little bit all encompassing and you think would reel them in.
0: Uh, Cassie, you want me to go, or do you want to go?
1: You can go first. I'll save the best for last.
0: (laughs) So right off the bat, I'm saying time to Google (laughs) right off the bat. I'm saying Sean Hamill's a cosmology for monsters. Uh, it's just excellent. You don't have to love horror to enjoy it. It's a love letter to in. It's in my words, not the author's words. It's a love letter to Lovecraft's uh, mythos and weird tales. Um, pretty much everything it encompasses. And it does it well. Uh, the second one would be Whispers in the Dark by Laurel Hightower because it's for me that could be seen as a commercial book, meaning. My mom could read it and enjoy it. I could enjoy it. There are so many reasons why you can enjoy it, but it's a horror book. What would the third one be? See, this is tough because you're <laughs> saying what can rope in like a large group of people.
2: Well, and before we toss it to Cassie, I'll, I'll tell you, I didn't. T- it doesn't have to be three. If you've got two that you would throw out there, then you got two. Um, although I, w- I will say, I, I love your rationale behind Whispers in the Dark. That it's very it could be commercial that it could go into that Barnes and Noble uh, and it could succeed there.
0: Or it could be on target.com
2: or uh, target the store.
0: <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to reach on this one because I don't know how many people it would sell to outside of those who like hard, but Andy calls remains because it's just short it'll it'll just kick you in the chops and i'm gonna add one more lex h jones is the old one in the sea because that's a book that i bought the hardcover of where yes it's about lovecraft and him and cthulhu but it's fun and it makes you actually like cthulhu it's it's a sweet creature and it's like a weird iron giant type of deal where it's like a creature that there's other people attacking him, and you're just like, he's not the monster. You are, you people, you are all bad. <laughs> and it's a story I'm going to read my son when he's old enough, and and I can enjoy it for myself. So those are my four.
2: That's a, that's a really good one, the old one in the sea. Um, that that's a perfect choice. Um, I I, I don't know. I, I love Andy Cole's book, but I don't know if that it's that recommend first thing. You gotta lull people into a false sense of security before you kick them in the pants. Yeah,
1: you're gonna break their hearts. I was gonna that, say.
0: They're yeah. gonna run screaming. <laughs> you know what? Fine. Let's go with Jack Ketchum's A Girl next
1: <laughs> time. Oh my god.
0: Cassie, did you read that before we jump in the yeah. answers? No. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's brutal. I, you know, there's a movie that's like based off of that story as well. Um, I'm
0: scared to watch it.
1: It's I, so I watched that movie when I was like 17 or 16 and I didn't know that there was a, you know, a book or anything that went with it. And I didn't realize it was a true, based off a true story. And I watched this movie has, I think it's Ellen Page in it. Um, and it's so brutal. And then I found out there was a book and I found out it was real and I was like, Oh my gosh. And I read the book and it was, Oh, it made me sick and it made me cry. (laughs) But I, I, you know, I liked it. It's a good book. It's, it's, I, well, I don't want to say I liked it, but you know what I mean. It's it's well-written.
0: That's so funny because when we were talking with Scott Kemper, I, I was like, me and Brian loved it. And he's like, uh, I don't know if you want to say that. I'm like, well, I mean, I didn't love the content. I just...
1: It's, it's like true crime where you're just like, uh, it's, it's a really well-written book and I really enjoyed my reading experience because it was so brutal, but it's not good like subject matter.
0: Yeah. And you know what? Thinking of this, I don't know if uh, Rich, like your boyfriend likes... Um, does he like true crime?
1: Um, I, he likes like podcasts and stuff like that. I don't know if he really reads it.
0: Uh, okay, let me just say exactly what I'm talking about then. Um, it's Mindhunter. It's based off of a novel that was based off of the two FBI agents that uh, started documenting and interviewing around the uh, around America, uh, real serial killers and um, people of that nature. It's
1: is it, is it a show too?
0: It's a show on Netflix. They have two seasons. It's the main, uh, let's call him the main bad guy. It's weird. It's it's weird to call him that, but it isn't. Um, it's a serial killer that was known as the. Uh, oh shit! I forget what he was known as. He his name's Edmund Kemper. Um, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know so, that was a
1: book. I didn't know the Mindhunter thing was a book. I thought that was I didn't like I know of the show. I had no idea.
0: Yeah, so it's based off of a book, and um, but the guy that. Uh, God, I forget what the agent's real name is, but he is one of the co-writers. I haven't read it yet. That's one that I want to read. And we never talk about, like, what we want to read, I don't think. But I also heard of or keep seeing this one book called uh, Black Blacktop Wasteland by S.A. Cosby. And I just I want to read that so bad.
1: Yeah, I have that one on my, it's actually in my cart on Amazon because I have, I don't know, this is, I'm not going to plug it, but I have this little app that when you scan receipts, when you go grocery shopping, it gives you points and you can turn them into Amazon gift cards. So I've been using them on books because, you know, you got to have books and sometimes you, you, you are also in a pandemic, so you don't got to have a lot of money if so <laughs> <laughs> it works out. But yeah, that's going to be actually the next one that I'm getting. I'm really excited because I've heard amazing things about it.
0: Oh, I'm jealous. So yeah, what would be the books that you would recommend? Oh,
1: yeah, I, <laughs> I forgot. Um, so my books, uh, to new people, people new to horror. I would do Rolling in the Deep by Mira Grant, um, who is the alter, like the pseudonym of, I don't know how to say her name, um, like Shannon McGuire. Um, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, and if I'm not, I'm sorry, but I hope people know who I'm talking about. Um, she writes under the horror name Mira Mira Grant, and Rolling in the Deep is about um, mermaids, like killer mermaids in the Mariana Trench. So that one's like one of my favorite novellas and it's, it's short, but it's really, really good. And I, th- I guess it did really well. So there's actually a full length novel that comes after it. Um, but I always tell people, I'm like, read that novella. Cause it's got like, it's got science stuff in it. It's got like cryptids, it's got blood and, you know, gross gore and stuff. So it's kind of checks all the boxes. Um, and then I would also recommend Coyote Songs cause Uh, Gabino Iglesias, it's not strictly horror, but they're, it's, it's horrific. And there are some of the stories in there because it's, it's technically called, I guess, like a mosaic novel. So it's a bunch of different stories that kind of tie together and they're taking place in like around the same area and they deal with the same sort of things. Um, but they're all completely different. And there are some that they're like real life stuff, you know, that you would see on the news, but then there are others that are like, just definitively dark and horror and it's really, really, really good. Have you guys read that collection?
0: I haven't yet. Brennan has. And, uh, he, I, I have it. I haven't gotten to it yet, but, um... Oh, Oh, I misspoke. So
1: this can be the book. Cause you guys, I've are, while we've been talking, I've written down several books that I'm going to push up on my TBR. So this can be the one that I'm telling you guys to push up on your TBR. You need to read Coyote songs. It's really good. Um, and then the other one is fantastic land by Mike Boccovin. Um, and that one's about, a hurricane in Florida that kind of devastates this theme park and they leave some of the people who work in the theme park behind to kind of take care of it. And there's this like flooding that happens. So they're completely separated from the rest of the world. Um, and it's got this really, really intense Lord of the flies feel, which is one of my favorite books from when I was younger. So I really like that. Um, how evil can people get if they're left to their own devices type of thing. Um, so that one's really, really good. And it's also just, it's definitely solidly horror cause it's got some real gross, like harsh stuff that goes on in it, but it's also good in that it doesn't completely, you know, it's not like really extreme violent gore stuff that might turn people off if they're new to the genre.
0: Hmm.
2: Interesting. That one and, I have read. Um, and, and yeah, it's just, it's got the world's coolest premise. Um, yeah. and I did enjoy it. You know, that, that sounds like, uh, I'm saying it's got a good premise, but it doesn't deliver. but um, and that was another one I read a few years ago. And I don't think I've read anything else by that author, have you?
1: No, I don't think he's I don't think he's written anything else. I think he's working on something because I follow him on Instagram and Twitter. Um, but I don't think he'd released anything. And I think he was also possibly maybe in talks at one point about getting that turned maybe into like a movie or something. um, but I'm not sure. Where that's going i would totally watch it though because i mean it's told like as you know it's told in like an interview sort of format like uh what was it world war z i think that's kind of like that as well yep yeah but it's it you know i think it would totally work as a movie
0: now i got a confession i have not read ever even in school lord of the flies uh is that would you guys recommend that
1: i would recommend it because i love it <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of books like so you guys recommended Bird Box. I haven't read Bird Box and I'm like one of the few people I feel like in the community that, we're I, that has not read it.
0: I haven't read it yet. We're talking to Josh in a couple of weeks and I am it's on my bookshelf. I'm going to start it probably this weekend.
1: I, I saw the movie. I really like uh, Sandra. And so I watched the movie and I really loved it. I thought it was cool. Um, and I'm not like opposed to reading it at all. It's just I think um, I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but when you're a book reviewer, you tend to have a lot of books that you're behind on that need to get reviewed. And so your fun reading kind of, for me at least falls to the wayside a lot. So yes, yeah, my books <laughs> just stack up. It just, it sucks. Like I'm so grateful for reviewing and for, for, to do that. Like I love doing it and promoting stuff, but at the same time, I kind of missed what is happening with your background.
0: Look, look at my books. Those are all. Oh. <laughs> those are all for review. That's like 40 books right there.
1: You understand my pain, see? Yeah, and it's 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 a great problem to have. It's not like I'm complaining in any way. Um, because a lot of the time when I do read these review books, they end up being fun reading. Like they end up being books that I love anyway, and uh, so it's kind of like it's fun. But I do miss some stuff, especially by popular people like Stephen King. I haven't read any of his recent releases except for Elevation, which I did not like.
0: So. Yeah, <laughs> my, <laughs> I don't know.
2: my book. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. I, I was going to say my book that fits firmly into that category is I've had um, Grady Hendrix's The Vampire Club. Yeah, I, I can't think book, of the title, the but you know the one. Yeah, no, I do. The Book Club Vampire thing. Um, I I, vampires, I, I, yeah, <laughs> I really want to get to that. But I just, you know, every time I, I, I pick it up, I'm like, oh, but I'm already in the middle of seven books. and. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I totally get that. Um, that would have actually been one for mine, but I was in a book party for that book, so I had to. I got sent like promotional stuff, um, by the publisher, um, and so I had a deadline to read that one. So I got a- And that that's reading. what you need.
0: Yes, <laughs>
2: it, it really. That's helped. how you do yeah. it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like right now, uh, so, fuck it, I'll just say it on here because I think we already announced it, but like we're trying. Brendan and I had an idea. We toyed around with what we can do. For the podcast, because we want to, we want to be, you know, attractive for a few reasons, and one of them was like maybe we can be a little bit different with uh, having a, a, a mini series within the podcast, which would be horror classics. And we were like talking, well, how many can we do? Probably one every other month, which would be six a year. So we're thinking we could do three or four this year, uh, we start or three this year, whatever it was, and um. We're with Ken McKinley reading Ghoul uh, to record that episode. Ken's probably finished now. Brian's been done for a while. And I'm only 70 pages in because, like, we got I, – I was reading, like, four books at once. And then we got to read uh, a few more for upcoming guests. And I'm like, I guess Ghoul's going to have to wait, even though I really love it.
2: Yeah, it happens. So
0: I, f- I feel your pain. The
2: struggle. Absolutely, and I mean, one of the ones we were talking about doing um, is Brian Lumley's Necroscope, and it's like, you know, imagine uh, having, you know, potential podcast guests that we want to read their books, plus, you know, publishers sent you theirs for review, and you've got this 700-page vampire (laughs) novel. (laughs) Like, you're actually going to get through that?
0: (laughs) Uh Maybe in, like, a couple of years, I will. <laughs> I only have really one more question, Cassie, is uh, for your goals for your fiction, goals for your review uh, platform, and really goals for your art, um, which encompasses so much, so I'll be vague about it. <laughs> what do you see in the what, – what are your goals for all that in the near future?
1: Um, so, really, I'm, I'm just trying to focus on right now getting – things completed. So I don't know if everybody's as slow as me, but it takes me like a really long time to get stuff written. Um, and the time seems to go by so quickly. Like the other day I was writing like a short story and seven hours went by and like the blink of an eye. And I was, I genuinely was so confused because I was like, suddenly it's 2am. Oh my God, like what happened? (laughs) Um, (laughs) so I, I really want to try to focus on maybe figuring out the best way to kind of focus and to keep things straight for me, because like you guys have mentioned, have noticed I am a little bit scattered. Like I'm doing a lot of different things at, whole, at once. Um, and it I love it. I love all the different things I do, but sometimes it's very difficult for me to manage them all. Um, so I think in the future, I'd really like to kind of narrow down what I want, which right now I think, Having something in regards to writing published so that I can like physically hold something that has my name on it with like a story or something in it would be, it would be amazing. Like that's my goal for writing. Like I'm not interested in like becoming famous or making money or anything like that. Like I really just want to hold something in my life just for once and be like this book, my name is in this. Like this is an actual thing that people can read because I think that's amazing. Like I've never, I can't, I've never had that. So I can't fathom that yet. So I'm really excited about that. Um, for my reviewing, I'm excited to write stuff for the Deadhead Reviews site, obviously. Um, I'm <laughs> going to have, yeah, <laughs> there's going to be a little, uh, we're doing like the monster stuff right now for the birthday, which congratulations for you guys on the birthday. That's really exciting.
0: Yeah, it's already been August 14th. Is uh, That's when Garrett posted like four or five reviews <laughs> for the first time. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's a birthday. <laughs> it's really exciting. and Yeah. I'm excited. I'm gonna be sharing an article with some recommendations that are related to Frankenstein soon. Um Sweet. yeah, it's a little listicle, because I love listicles. <laughs> um and for my own blog, I really I just plan to keep promoting, you know, like indie horror and stuff. Um I do feel more comfortable now branching out a little bit, so I'm gonna be reading a little bit more, you know, like sci-fi. Um I like reading nonfiction a lot too. Uh, so I guess I'll probably branch out with that. Maybe, you know, not even specifically in relate, relation to true crime, but I just, from different like actors or people like prominent people, I think it's really interesting to read different sides of things. So I hope to do that and maybe share some of that on my blog, although I don't know how it's going to go because <laughs> I don't know how much people are going to want to read about that. But we'll see. Um, and then for art stuff, I have my resin art that I've been working on for the last couple of weeks. Um, The coffins. Yes, the coffins are coming up. So those are actually going to be available in my Etsy. Um, I'm going to do them a limited release like I did the coasters. So there's only going to be a set number of them available. And then mm-hmm. once they're gone, I don't know, maybe we'll see how it does. Like if nobody buys them, then I probably won't have the need to do it again. But if they all sell out in 20 minutes like the coasters did, then I will definitely have another release. Um, but yeah, I'm just focusing on making those things right now and kind of trying to build up a stock so that I have stuff to do next month. Um, and then my birthday is next month. So it's kind of just a big celebratory Rainbow explosion everywhere is probably what you're gonna see on the internet. I mean, more so than you already do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and for those that have not seen Cassie's pictures, there'll be plenty of links on the uh, episode notes, but you gotta check them out. She's color coordinated. It looks like everything it matches her her hair and her personality, so it's pretty awesome. And you're like, you got shoes that match. It's like your life has a theme.
1: Yeah. Well, it's easy to have a theme when everything is rainbow.
0: Okay, so yeah. <laughs> you colored your shoes, the Vans? Yes, they were,
1: they were the black and white checkered Vans, oh, and I used okay. Sharpies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a blog tutorial on my blog in case you're ever wanting to craft up your own shoes. That's
2: great. <laughs> I couldn't help but think of that earlier, Pat. Like way, way earlier, you had asked something like, oh, do you ever you know, see a cover and it appeals to you so much that you buy it based on the cover? And my thought was, do you ever see a cover that, you know, and you're thinking my shelves, you know, need a little blue to even everything out?
1: No, yes, totally. So I don't know, you guys probably don't know this, but purple spines and green spines are two of the least like occurring colors in book, like publishing and stuff. So there are very, very rarely green or purple spines for books. So those sections of my bookshelves are always like very, very underdeveloped in comparison to like red and black.
0: I didn't know that. That's interesting.
1: The more you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brennan, is there anything else that you want to cover, or Cassie, is there anything else that you want to make us aware of?
2: I, I would recommend uh, "While Mortals Sleep" by Kurt Vonnegut for per- your purple spines, and also uh, "Jailbird" because I'm sitting next to a bookshelf with a lot of Kurt Vonnegut on it. I'm uh, reading uh, for green. right
1: now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. Like my, I'm. I have my pen. <laughs>
2: Oh, I'm sorry. No, Jailbird is also purple. Galapagos is green, though, so is Cat's Cradle. That's a really good one.
1: I have Cat's Cradle, yes. Brilliant. Yeah.
0: The only two purple ones that I'm aware of on the top of my head is Brian Keen's, uh Ghoul and... Slaves to uh, Slaves to Gravity by Summer Cannon. And, uh, is that
1: one a purple spine? I have that one. I haven't. I didn't. I didn't look at the spine, though. To be fair.
0: Yeah, it's a short book, so it's not a big spine.
2: Oh, that might be why. And if
0: it's purple. It's kind of very dark purple. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a dark
2: purple. Like I, I will tell you, I'm I'm looking at While well Mortals Sleep right now, and it is bright in your face purple.
1: Good. <laughs> That's what I need. Yep. I need more purple. Yep.
0: <laughs> now, is Cena? I meant to ask, is Cena's uh, press going to? publish physical copies because i i definitely want to buy
1: one of we are wolves yeah 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 so they're going to be um physical copies and i believe all the money that's like made from purchases of them is going to go to the charity um i'm not sure which one or if they've announced that yet but it's you know to support women who have been through some difficult things so i think it's really good cause i would definitely recommend everybody getting it and that's not just because i'm going to be in it
0: (laughs) do you know when that's coming out is there a date yet
1: um, I don't think there's an actual official date. I think it's just like slated for fall.
0: Okay, cool. Um, where can people follow you?
1: Um, you can follow me on Twitter. My URL thingy, my name, what is it? Handle? Handle.
0: Your handle.
1: Yeah, it's Control-Alt-Cassie, uh, C-T-R-L-A-L-T-C-A-S-S-I-E. Um, and then my blog is letsgetgalactic.com. And Etsy is Let's Get Galactic art. So there's just like a very slight difference there. But if you leave it out, it'll go to something else that doesn't exist.
0: (laughs) And uh, you can see, like I said, the links are going to be in the episode notes. Uh, Hey, Cassie, real quick. Have you heard of BuzzBook Expo?
2: Tell me about it.
0: Brennan, do you mind telling us about it?
2: I would absolutely love to tell you about it. I would like to tell you so much that readers book reviewers podcasters librarians booksellers and lovers of great scary books uh, i would love to tell you all that it's just around the corner BuzzBook Expo. By the way, you got to give me a little more lead up next time. I totally did not have the window open. Sorry
0: <laughs> sorry about that.
2: I would like to tell you that Buzz Book Expo is a live streaming event in which publishers will be announcing all the great new horror fiction releases they have to offer through the coming year. There's going to be interviews, Q&As, presentations, book cover reveals, and more from all of your favorite Horror publishers, and it's all for free. Zero dollars, zero pesos, zero yen. Spend two days immersed in exciting book talk from publishers and authors alike. The event's going to take place from August 22nd to 23rd, and all information, including links to the expo, can be found at Mary that's S-A-N-G-I, dot WordPress dot com, slash buzz, dash book, dash expo, dash 2020. And we cannot wait to see you there.
0: Fantastic, sir. Cassie, this was your first podcast. I think you did a fantastic job.
2: Oh, thank you
1: guys for having me here <laughs> and dealing with my neurotic anxiety.
0: <laughs> That's all right. We're neurotic ourselves. And uh, you, you, you got one story published. You're going to have a second one out soon with a fantastic table of contents. That's just the beginning for you. Your name's going to be out there just like Laurel, just like Sonora V sh cooper and we're excited that we got to uh, have you on before anyone else does before anyone else is smart enough to have you on <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your time cassie we really appreciate it thank you thank you brennan thank you listeners tune in for next episode who will it be you'll find out we are in your mind we are all around you are now Brennan just fucking text me he distracted me
2: we have this back and forth where like you know if i ask a question and i'll just shoot him a quick text that says you know you so then you know if if usually you know nine times out of ten he gets that and you know he picks up so we don't have too much dead air and then that tenth time he's you know googling christopher pike and uh it doesn't work out (laughs)